Welcome to the Dear Mark Project podcast, brought to you by Bray Co. As marketing and advertising professionals, honesty and transparency need to be at the forefront for everything we do. However, with new emerging technology, creating materials that are both engaging and 100% transparent can be super tricky. The Dear Mark Project podcast produces weekly episodes on honesty and transparency as it relates to the advertising and marketing spaces. Our goal is to get Mark Zuckerberg and his social media empire to create an automatic hashtag filtered image tag that shows up on any post that uses a filter. It's a small action that we believe can create a world of a difference. Stay tuned on how you can support and enjoy the show. Alicia, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thrilled to have you on. So please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. So my name is Alicia Cohen. I'm the founder of Lish Creative, where we produce um, a variety of video and photo content for different beauty, lifestyle, and hospitality brands. Very cool, Alicia. We are so excited to have you here today, and I'm very excited to be doing this episode with you. We're going to be talking about product photography and influencer marketing. So if you're in the creative industry or advertising industry, this is going to be super valuable to you. So let's just jump into it. For the first question, what are the do's and don'ts in terms of photography for products to keeping it super true to the actual product? Yeah, this is a great topic because I know like on my TikTok and Instagram, I share a lot of like food hacks and all these crazy things. But it's also important to note that when I'm working with clients, we really are staying true to their product. Like I would never use a hack when it comes to a food brand, right? (laughs) Um, So I think that's really important for us is to always actually be using the food and beverage that we're showcasing there, there's small things that we can do to enhance, like adding water droplets, for instance, on fresh fruit or produce. Um, but beyond that, we're really just trying to work with the ingredients as they are. And a lot of our clients have really strict legal departments, too. So even if we wanted to show uh, a certain ingredient or something like that, we always have to get like pre-approval on a lot of those things. Yeah, and having a well-thought-out approval process is so critically important because at the end of the day, as agencies, we don't have the luxury of sitting in on every single executive meeting and meetings where we're talking about messaging and branding. And we do have a very good idea of these things. But again, we are not within the organization 24-7. So there's probably going to be some minor slip-ups here and there. So having an approval process where people feel open to sharing, hey, you know, this doesn't exactly correlate to our messaging. Can we possibly change this around? is so important to truth in advertising. And part of that is making sure that you're conveying the voice of the brand appropriately. So Alicia, I would love for you to discuss how you personally go about making sure that you're conveying the voice of the brand appropriately. Yeah, so I always try to start with a pretty in-depth brand discovery where I'm looking for their key messaging points. Like what are the things about your product that are make it different than any other product out there. So let's say that it's skincare and they say that their product is really great at fighting acne or whatever. I take that word fighting, you know, and then I try to work it into all these different concepts. Maybe there's boxing gloves. Maybe it becomes a superhero that's fighting. So it's like, 
thinking about their core messaging points and then using those to spring off other creative ideas is usually the best way to go. So when we can get like, whether it's the copy on their website or the, the words on the packaging, we take those and use them to inspire these different creative ideas. That makes a lot of sense. And I think something that can also be tricky sometimes is showcasing a product's values or a company's values in a way that sends that message but isn't super cheesy. So could you please walk us through your process about how you go about that? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, like anything that's core to their messaging. So like, for instance, if a if a food is like plant-based, we're going to try to think of different ways that we can illustrate that it's plant-based. So we did like a, a bar one time and we like had it growing off of a plant, you know? So trying to think of different creative ways to get those messages across rather than just saying that it's plant-based, we really want to illustrate that in fun and creative ways. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of products that have a lot of different values, a lot of different messaging out there as well. Um, How do you kind of like pick and choose what to showcase in your photography? Yeah, I think it just, we want to make sure it's like authentic, right? Like you've mentioned that word a few times. And it really is going to be for me, it's like what stands out about this? compared to competitors in the landscape and like what can make this product really really shine and so that's usually how we drive it and then also just depending on what the client is looking to really emphasize is another way that we kind of go through all the different attributes and figure out which ones to really focus on yeah that makes perfect sense And so I kind of want to switch gears a little bit here and take a perspective or a possible situation of someone in a product advertising department where someone is being tasked with using fake products to advertise an actual product. So for example, I'm sure you've seen a lot of restaurants and maybe McDonald's um, where they use fake like meat and cheese and buns and you know, fake sears on an actual like steak piece. Um, Or, you know, even there's cereal that uses glue for the milk. Um, And so someone that is actually working in that department and tasked with creating an advertisement, whether it's a video or a photo, and their manager is saying, hey, so what you need to do is use these fake products to advertise our product. What is okay or is there anything okay about this and how would you personally go about this situation yeah I mean I think you see a lot of those hacks like you mentioned and and as I said like we show that a lot too like I've definitely showed the glue as milk thing and and I think in some cases it's it's okay but in most cases like if you're actually showcasing the product then we don't like to do that. And the brands don't let us do that. And like McDonald's as an example, I have never actually worked with them, but I have heard stories about, they actually have like a test kitchen where they have a whole staff there, like preparing the foods. Like it's all real. It's just like a team of 20 people to make that look good, right? So I think that can be like a little interesting too. But also I like to, I will use the hacks if it's not something that we're trying to sell. So for instance, like if we're not selling milk, 
it might be fine to like have a milk drizzle on the side of like chocolates or cereal or something that is not the product that you're selling. So that's kind of like the general you, uh, rule of thumb that I like to use or like fake ice cream, for example, I would never use fake ice cream for an ice cream company. But let's say you're doing like a lifestyle shoot of like bikinis at a pool and you wanted the model to like hold an ice cream cone. Then in that case, I would use the fake ice cream because that's not what we're selling. So I think it really just comes back to what are you selling? And um, as far as like having those conversations with the manager, um, I really think in most cases, the brands have such a robust, especially larger brands with such like robust legal teams. It's like they know that they can't use fake things so um they they usually are very strict about that kind of stuff mm -hmm. yeah i mean that makes a lot of sense i'm really glad that brands are um have a legal department that's kind of keeping in track with that just in terms of keeping it real with advertising um, so mm -hmm. I think also like one of the main points for product photography is obviously to make the product look absolutely awesome and really enticing so that you actually fall in love with the product and you spend their money on it. Right. Cause I mean, that's, that's pretty much the goal of this. Um, so can yes. you kind of just like walk us through the changes that are being made and kind of like the process of this, especially like in terms of like the editing side as well. I think that's really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think like from an editing perspective, we definitely are enhancing things, but a lot of it is just to make it true to life. Like for instance, we work with a chocolate brand and like these chocolates in real life are like vibrant works of art, you know? And so like, they're so colorful. They're like, when you look at them with your naked eye, they're extremely colorful. And a lot of times when you like bring in lighting and background and stuff like that. Like you can't always capture what it looks like to your naked eye. And so the editing is just to make it look like what it does in real life. And that's, that goes for other foods as well or other products, um, whether it's the color of something, like we're always really trying to color match like the packaging to what it is in real life. We get their um, Pantone colors ahead of time and we're matching background colors to their Pantone. We're making sure the packaging lines up even like I've had clients go so far as to like change all the colors of every single prop to be the exact Pantone shades of the product. So that's the kind of stuff that we're doing in post-production is really to just align it with a brand, you know, 110% like that pair of sunglasses peeking in the corner. Oh, it's gotta be the brand purple. You know, so that's just an example. That's the kind of stuff that we're doing in posts, I would say, most often. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I just heard you talk about a lot about the people that you work with seem like brands that you really love and you really care about. And I know especially when someone is starting a business, they really want to get to that point where they're just in love with the brands and recommending the products that they're personally promoting. Um, so like, what is your personal process in terms of making sure that your clients are ones that you are willing to advocate for? Yeah. So there's two sides of my business. There's the, um, list creative agency side where we're creating content for brands to use. And then, through everything that I've done and everything that I've shared, I've become a little bit of a quote unquote influencer on um, Instagram and TikTok. So, you know, there's like the agency side and then there's like Alicia, the influencer who's like pushing these products. 
And sometimes there's crossover. Like if it's a company like that I love and that I'm passionate about and I think the shoot was really cool and they're, they're not paying me to be an influencer. They're just paying me to create content for them. I'll still share it on my channels when, you know, I like it. But there's also a lot that I don't, I'm not obligated to share and I won't if I don't think the product is great or I don't think the project turned out that great or something like that. So I would say that like I have discretion there, like I can share whatever I want basically when it comes to as long as the brand allows me to when it comes to like the stuff on my agency side, when it comes to influencer campaigns that I need to be way more selective from the get go because there with those, there's like a contractual obligation to share about this product, to share links, to buy it. Right. Like you're really driving clicks to the website. So there's a lot of stuff that I'll turn down that if it doesn't align with my values or if it's like a product that I'm not really that into, um, so that's kind of how I decide there is like, is this something that I would actually use and recommend? Is this a food that I actually, and there are some cases where like I have a lot of food allergies, for instance. So I don't actually eat ice cream, but I've done some influencer work with ice cream brands. And I feel like that's an exception where it's fine because like, I know some of my friends and family love this ice cream and they make a good product and it's a fun shoot and so in those cases, like I may be an influencer for that type of product, but for the most part, it's always things that I am eating or using and enjoying. Um, but if it's something that like, if you're starting out and you're trying to get to that point, like you mentioned, I think it's okay to take work to pay the bills. I just tell people that you don't always have to share about it. So there's going to be projects that you do that are super boring, that maybe you don't care about that much, that aren't the ideal client that you want. Um, and you kind of do those and then they're just never on your site. They're never on your portfolio and you never really have to share about them again. <laughs> so that's the way I look at it for those. Yeah. And I, I, that's really interesting that you brought up the influencer collaborations as well, because I know that's something that, especially with Instagram and like the uprising of TikTok, that a lot of companies are wanting to get a lot more into. Um, and so like even our advertising agency, we've hired a lot of influencers to work for our clients as well. Um, and I would just, I'd love some advice specifically for brands that are trying to work with influencers. Um, how can they, I guess, be more like authentic and truthful and just like, how do they do a great job about collaborating with influencers? Yeah, I think the best collaborations are when they're open to the influencers, typical style of content. So like, for instance, on TikTok, I share a lot of like behind the scenes and then the final videos. And that can really apply to like so many, like you could do that about a beauty brand. You could do that about a food brand. You could do that about anything. So if a food brand comes to me and says like, oh, I want you to do a taste test video. Like that's not really in line with things that I'm really sharing all the time. But if they allow me to do like, oh, do like an epic commercial where you're doing the behind the scenes of the final video, that's always going to turn out better. And that's going to get a better response from my audience, too, because that's what they've come accustomed to seeing. So I think like knowing what the influencer does best, what like what's their bread and butter? What are their people 
engaging with the most, whether it's, like I said, behind the scenes videos, whether it's like a house tour, whether it's day in my life, vlogging type of situations, cooking, and then figure out how the product can be worked into that style that the influencer is already doing. So it kind of needs to be a little bit tailored. You're not, you don't want every influencer to like follow the exact same formula and do like very similar videos. You ideally want each influencer to take your product and integrate it in a way that's seamless with their existing content. Right. Yeah. And I love that you brought up that. So it's the goal pretty much of the brands to have a really great engagement in terms of the influencers. That's why we're contacting these influencers. So I love that you brought up that mm-hmm. when you're doing that, just making sure that it's the the content style of the influencer is very true to the type of stuff that you're trying to promote within that campaign or within that brand. I think that makes a lot of sense. So many times you'll see brands just like see the big numbers of followers and it's like a big shiny object, you know? And it's like, oh, if we could just get this person to like mention art and then they think it's going to be like life changing. But really like you could see much more success like with smaller accounts that are doing it in an authentic way and like building relationships with our people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I'd love to also just give a, um, maybe like your top tip in tor- terms of influencers. So if you're an influencer and you're trying to collaborate with a brand, like what is your top tip for them? I think you have to really think about what does this brand need, right? So it's not just what you want to do, but is there a need that you can fill for, fulfill for them? So maybe you're like a home decor blogger and you want to redo your kitchen. Well, it's not just like, Hey, I need a new fridge. Like let's work together. Maybe you realize like, Oh, this brand needs more content of kitchens in use with people. And so trying to like meet them with what they need exactly is really helpful. Um, Like whether that's like lifestyle photography or maybe they are in need of more video content like trying to figure out maybe where you see gaps on their page. Like, oh, I think they could be using more videos to showcase their product in a room or something like that. Um, that's when you could pitch uh, opportunity to work with you to give them that. Um, so there's not always, it's not always going to be clear what they need. Um, and if you're really trying to pitch, I think that is the most important thing is to just come, come up with unique ideas that they could really, that could benefit them. Cause that's, really what you're looking for and what they're most looking for. Yes, influencers, please share your unique ideas with the brands that you're working for. Because even though it might be a no in the moment for those ideas, because there is approval process that we need to go through before we even start outreaching to influencers. Um, So yeah, that speaks to nothing but highly of you for you know, sharing those unique ideas and, you know, thinking about the brand that you're working for and how it's going to be portrayed best to your audience. And Alicia, I would love for you to discuss about how influencers can share those ideas um, in an appropriate way when they're, you know, collaborating with a brand. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is when people are like reaching out to brands and pitching themselves, they're not always being specific in their ideas. And so I think like it does take extra time to do this, but if you as an influencer can like really come up with like a clear idea for the brand, like, Hey, it's not just, Hey, I'd love to work together sometime. Like, (laughs) 
let's collaborate. Like, it's not like that. It's like, let's collaborate with this product going along with this thing in my life that makes sense to my followers because of X, Y, Z, you know, like really putting together a more comprehensive idea. So then the social media manager, PR manager, whoever it is that you're talking to is like, Oh, that's a really great idea. Like you said that maybe we haven't thought of that would go over really well, or that really meets a need for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely awesome. And I'd love to just kind of close this out with um, just like one just general tip about how to be more ethical in terms of this product photography or influencer, just like one quick little tip. I think the top tip would be, you know, think about what you're selling. I think that's the number one thing is to stay true to what you're selling and know that you don't always need to use fake things or to do things that you're uncomfortable with, um, you know, with the right tools, with the right lighting, you can make the real thing look just as good as you need it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just stay true to yourself and stay true to those values. I think that's a great piece of advice. And thank you so much for spending your time on this podcast. Um, I'm very excited to get this out. Can you please tell the audience where they can find you and just anything you have going on in your life? Sure, you can find me at lishcreative.com. I'm Lish Creative on TikTok and Alishi Lishy and Lish Creative on Instagram. So we've got two over there. There's like more of my personal side and then the business side as well. If you're interested in learning more about becoming a photographer and how to work your camera and lighting and everything like that, I do have an online course called Slay the Flat Lay that you can find out more about on my website. Awesome. And we'll have all those in the link uh, in the description below. And again, thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how to make social media a more honest and empowering place to be, follow us on Instagram at the Dear Mark Project and visit our website, dearmark.co. Stay tuned every week for a new episode. Thanks again for tuning in.